0: Welcome to No Butts About It. I'm your host, Santa Claus Josh Butts. Got my little Santa hat here, since it is officially Christmas time in my mind. We have Stan the Jet fan here. Chuss is being a busy bee off at work at his internship, so uh, he will not be joining us today, but he will join us sometime this week. Indiana got its first snow, so... Yeah, it's already Christmas time here. Uh, Stan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I mean, uh, good day of football. I'm back in Steubenville now, outside of uh, Connecticut, which I hate, so it's good.
0: Yes, uh, Connecticut fans, Stan does not like your state, even though he is a resident of such. So, sorry. Sorry. First thing we're going to talk about. Just a few minutes ago, we got the news that the Panthers have fired their head coach after the game on Sunday. I mean, their owner was going into the locker room screaming. We knew changes were coming. Thought maybe it might be some offensive coordinator, (coughs) defensive coordinator stuff, but nope. They fought. They went right for the head. Fired Frank Reich, who has only been there for 11 games. Um, First, Stan, what do you think of this move?
1: I mean, sucks for Frank Reich, but the Panthers, what are they losing at this point? You know, we've talked about other teams getting rid of their coaches uh, that have playoff potential. The Panthers don't have playoff potential. I think it's a fine move to make. Um, and, and I imagine it wasn't so much based on the on-field performance, even though that was bad. I, I would guess if I uh, that Frank Reich maybe wasn't meshing too well in with the rest of the management, with the rest of the coaching staff, because that's the only way you really get rid of a head coach 11 games in, especially someone with the pedigree of Frank Reich. So I would assume that over the next few weeks, maybe a year from now, we'll, we'll hear something about how Frank Reich was not doing well in that front office. And uh, obviously, his his lack of on-field skill really didn't really help him in this case.
0: Yeah, that, that would definitely be interesting to hear how that relationship went down like a year from now or even a few months from now. Because, I mean, during the draft, the rumor was like, hey, uh, Frank wanted C.J. Stroud. Other coaches wanted C.J. Stroud. The owner wanted Bryce Young, so they went for Bryce Young. So then it, if that's true, then you start asking, well is Frank just not developing this guy cuz he didn't want him? Why is Bryce Young's development being stunted? Well, oh, they're they're after you, Stan. Got the cops coming after you. I don't know if yeah, the Connecticut
1: State Troopers out there.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background, but there are police sirens going off. Um but Stan, I mean, I I never like firing a coach after one season, unless it's like an urban Meyer type guy or Josh McDaniels, where it's just so clearly they're the issue. Like they're kicking people. Players can't stand them, that type of thing. Um, Otherwise it seems like the coaches never get a chance to build their culture. They don't get the players they want. Um, I mean, who on the Panthers are you going to have success with if you're the head coach? If you're Frank Wright, Adam Thielen, a 33 year old wide receiver, is your top guy. Like you don't have much to work with.
1: Yeah, and that's why I really believe there's there's something else going on here. I mean to to start off, as you mentioned, yeah, it's 11 games into the season. It's so early. There has to be something going on behind the scenes pushing them in this direction. Um, and that's why I said, wait, 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 you know, some six months, wait a year or so from now when some of the players off this team, guys like Adam Thielen, retire. And I guarantee you we're going to see a bunch of podcasts with him where he's going to discuss this situation. Because for me, uh, at the beginning of the season, I saw Frank Reich as a, as a real force to be contended with. I didn't think he was going to do anything this year, but I think down the line two, three years from now, I could see the Panthers being a true playoff, you know, uh, contender. Because um, they ha- they have some really good young pieces. And Frank Reich is a coach who looked amazing all right, with, with his past teams. So there was a lot with Frank Reich I liked. Uh, There's a lot with the decision of hiring him that I liked. Um, and it, it sucks for, uh, you know, Panthers fans. I think they're the losingest team in all of sports in the U.S. over the last five years. So sucks to suck. But uh, Jets are number three most losingest. <laughs> but, yeah, but. It, it really sucks that now you, you get someone in the building who the fans of the, you know, everyone knows Frank Reich's name. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows who he is even before he came to the Panthers. And now it all goes away 11 games later. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a terrible situation. But again, I'm, I can't wait for those podcasts six months down the line where we can see what's going on.
0: Yeah, definitely interesting to see that development. And I don't think Frank Reich will go jobless for long. Uh, Maybe not a head coaching gig, but he might go back to being a coordinator. He's a name that's been known in the NFL for a long time. He was a quarterback in the NFL for a while. So uh, he's definitely got friends in these circles, and I'm sure they'll be able to find him a job. Um, Moving on to the AFC North, the division that every year just seems to get better until – the quarterbacks get injured. Some big quarterback gets injured every year. The last two years it's been Lamar Jackson. This year, Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow are injured. Now, the Browns, new star, who, after Deshaun Watson has gone out, and he's been a star for a while, but he's on defense. Miles Garrett might be injured. It's being reported Miles Garrett felt a pop in his shoulder during a game against the Broncos. First of all. Do we think that the Browns are legit Super Bowl contenders right now?
1: For for whatever reason, I think they are, and, and it, it's crazy. It boggles my mind. They've lost their QB one, their running back one, now their cornerback one, and possibly their best defensive piece. But somehow they still come in week in week out and compete. Now the game from yesterday was not a pretty game for the Browns, right? They lost by what eighteen points, I think. It was it was not a close margin. Um. But moving forward, you know you understand as a team that you're still scoring points, right? Your offense is still moving. You're looking better than the Jets and Patriots in that department and you don't have uh, you know as many pieces as those teams on offense. Um, on defense, you have arguably the best defense in the league. Uh, and, and despite losing Miles Garrett at this juncture uh, at this point in time, um, there's still a lot of hope for those Browns fans. They are, I think seven and four right now, right? They have a good record. Uh, they stub a lot of pieces. The question is, will they be able to make the quarterback room work? Um, will they be able to get some something out of DTR um, or out of P.J. Walker to, to make this offense work?
0: Yeah, I mean, and I was someone who was very high on DTR coming out of preseason. He has not been what I hoped he was. Hopefully, he can become something more for the Browns, but – He really has not had that much success with the Browns. Um, He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, He's definitely kind of in there as more of a game manager. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has a concussion now after what was called a dirty hit by some media companies. I mean, I don't know if you saw the hit. Um, He's got, like, blood all over his face from it. I don't know if he broke his nose, too, or what, or if he was bleeding from his mouth, but it was a nasty hit. And Broncos fans are just saying, the NFL officiates us differently. And it's like, no, you just have a couple dirty players on your team. I'm not sure who hit uh, this guy because I don't want to throw names out because of that. But um, Dorian Thompson Robinson's concussed. You still have P.J. Walker, who he's – been a starter in the NFL before. He's been in the XFL. He's been with the Browns for a while now as well. Um, but the, you're not leaning on your offense to score here. And the Browns always depended more on their running game, even when Deshaun Watson was the quarterback. They depended on Nick Chubb. Now they're depending on Jerome Ford, who has been great, by the way. Um, losing Miles Garrett though. If you lose Miles Garrett. A guy who has the ability to absolutely mess with quarterbacks' minds, get in their head, ruin their day, I think that's a big loss. And Denzel Ward's been out. Their cornerback one, you don't know how long he's going to be out. I think the Browns' playoff run begins and ends with the health of Miles Garrett.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that anything could be truer from that statement, and I think it gets even more. Uh, important to look at that when you consider the teams they're playing coming up soon, right? You're talking about the Jets as one of those teams. I pulled up here. You got you got the the Jaguars, Texans, and Bengals, who those are going to be tougher games, but the Bears, Jets, and the Rams, those are winnable games. Losing a guy like Miles Garrett, that's going to make a big difference. Even the Bengals, depending on how, you know, Jake Browning looks and whatever's going on in that quarterback room, that can be a winnable game. Out of our next six games, four of them are pretty winnable, Right? Losing Miles Garrett is a big game-changer, especially when you're going up against the Bears and Jets O-lines.
0: Yeah, and the Browns have a – we didn't mention that. The Browns have a great O-line too, though, as well. They added DeWan Jones, who he fell. He was supposed to be a first-round pick this year and then fell because of his weight and some, like, coaching concerns. Um, and I think they ended up getting him in the second round, and he's been great for them. And I'm kind of mad that the Bengals didn't get him either. But um, I think Miles Garrett is that centerpiece for the Browns. And they're they're going to have to, in the playoffs, play against the Ravens still, which is a divisional rival. They're going to have to play against other super teams. The Texans are on their way to uh, maybe making a Super Bowl run. And C.J. Stroud hasn't really shown – a whole lot of signs of slowing down. He threw three interceptions but still won a game. So, uh, Texans can win multiple ways. Uh, I think, I think Miles Garrett, really, his shoulder holds both figuratively and literally the Browns' Super Bowl chances. Let's move on to the Bengals. Um, we lost. Bengals lost. Uh, it wasn't super bad. Um, it was kind of what I expected out of Jake Browning. He didn't play horribly. He didn't play amazing either. He walked into two sacks. He They were blitzes that he just rolled out for no reason, and T.J. Watt was like, thank you. Uh, at one point, Drew Sample completely forgot that he was supposed to chip uh, T.J. Watt, and Jonah Williams was blocking someone else, so T.J. Watt just ran right to Jake Browning like it was probably a record speed sack which uh I'm gonna bring this up for on behalf of Chuss which we're gonna get his reaction to this game a little later in the week but TJ Watt now is one of two players to record 90 sacks in 100 games the other one is Reggie White so definitely some elite company there this is also the first game since they fired Matt Canada. Ironically, it is also the first time in Steelers uh, in this time span of 58 games that they've recorded over 400 offensive yards. So you're welcome, Steelers. We uh, we kind of helped christen this new offensive scheme without Matt Canada. Uh, we didn't have Cam taylor britt That hurt. At this point, as a Bengals fan, what I'm really hoping for is to see this defense mesh. And a lot of the fans I've seen are getting mad at our defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo. And they're saying, like, this guy, this guy isn't as good as people said. I mean, look at the step back this defense has taken. I'm like, we lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell, possibly the best safety tandem in the NFL. And now we're replacing them with rookies and young guys. We've got Dax Hill, second year, Jordan Battle, sec- first year, DJ Turner, who's a cornerback rookie, uh, Cam Taylor-Britt, second year. Our, even our linebacker, Logan Wilson, our star linebacker, is a 2020 rookie, so he's still fairly young too. We don't have a whole lot of like n- very well-known veterans that like you're like, these are the guys who are the faces of their positions on the team right now. But I think we will soon. I think these guys are going to mesh. And I'd rather them mesh now when Joe Burrow's out than have to mesh next year. So, um, you said you had a mystery question for me. What is your mystery question for me? Well, I mean,
1: do you know what TT time is? No. Terrible towel time. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I just had to do that for Charles.
0: You're a Jets fan. That's sacrilege. Oh, man. That wasn't even a question. Well, I guess there was a question. Yeah, okay. There was a
1: question. There was a question mark at the end of that. Okay. I have written down right here.
0: TT time. No. Dude, I've, the entire game, I was, like, waiting for Cam Taylor Britt to make a move, and he wasn't in the game, so he wasn't going to make a move. But I think there were a few times that if he had been in the game, he would have made a move. Also need to get better at covering tight ends. Pat Fryermuth just had a day against us. It was awful. Um, I, don't, I, I would like to see Zach Taylor run the ball more often as well, even if it's not with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had eight carry attempts last That's That's I mean, he, what?
1: He also wasn't doing a whole lot with those carries. Uh, I mean – uh, what was his yardage? I think he had less than, like, 20, right? He, he, was, he was not looking good.
0: No, but, and like I said, even if it's not Joe Mixon, if you want to put Chase Brown in there and see what Chase Brown can do, he's a rookie, fine. But, I mean, eight, eight carries a game is not going to help you, and you can't do that when you have a backup quarterback in. You've got to give him some help. And I, I don't feel like we did that yesterday with the against the Steelers. And it got to the point where they knew that they were just going to be able to blitz the quarterback, and 90% of the time it was going to work because he was going to have the ball. So, I mean, Jake Browning's two, like, best passes were flukes where he – He had one where he, like, rolled out of a tackle and got the ball to Trenton Irwin. That was a good play. But the other two that I'm thinking of were tipped balls that Jamar Chase just happened to come down with. So that's not great. A.J. McCarron's been a Bengals quarterback before. He's back in the locker room. Maybe we see what A.J. has. He's a bit older. But I'm not super excited about the Bengals' future this season Uh, on offense – But I do want to see what these guys can do on defense. The defense still held the Steelers to a very low-scoring game. It wasn't like we got blown out. I want to see more from the defense. I want to see Jordan Battle get that interception, maybe get that pick six, force Trust to buy that jersey. Uh, But moving on to a team that is in talks for Super Bowl contention in the AFC North, another team. We've already talked about the Browns. We've talked about the Bengals. The Steelers – are trying to get another 400 yard game but the Ravens played on Sunday Night Football last night and they uh, they looked pretty pretty okay I'd say. Uh, what did you think about the game last night?
1: I mean yeah I mean the, the Ravens have always uh, you know done well in positions like this they're, they're very much a prime time ready team. Um and what surprised me this season one thing we discussed a little bit earlier was uh, Lamar Jackson is not having his best season. Um, despite the Ravens, I think looking more dominant compared to the rest of their division compared to the rest of the uh, the AFC than any time I I remember in recent memory. Right, uh, besides that Super Bowl run way back. Um, Lamar Jackson has not really been leading this team as much. I think he's part of the offense, of course, and he's definitely adding a lot to the offense, but it's a lot of the run game. It's a lot of the play scheming, the play calling. Um, A lot of it's also on the defense. You know, they have a tough defense. Yeah, there was a weird hit we talked about, but uh, their defense has been so dominant for this team. So when you keep a team like the Chargers, you know, keep Justin Herbert uh, to 10 points, that is going to win you a game nine times out of 10.
0: And I mean... The Chargers also helped the Ravens a lot on offense yesterday. Uh, the Chargers offense had four turnovers, I believe. And so Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' time of possession on the ball was amazing, especially with that run game that they already have. Keaton Mitchell looked good. Gus Edwards was uh, – the the Gus bust broke down yesterday, but Keaton Mitchell looked good. Lamar had a few good runs. I think Justin Herbert ended up with the longest run of the game, though, uh, with that long uh, run he had right out of the blue medical tent. But the Ravens, their, their defense is so hard-hitting. and We saw that very early at the beginning of the game, that late hit on Justin Herbert that started a fight. Um, you mentioned earlier you thought it was Geno Stone who hit him. I can't remember for sure if it was Geno Stone. Um, but, man, Justin Herbert was clearly out of bounds, and they still hit him. And that's the way this defense plays, though, Like, right? They go to the ball. They want the ball. They're very magnetic. And sometimes they can't stop themselves when they need to. Um, do you think this team can win a Super Bowl?
1: Yes, and, and with a defense like that, it's going to be very hard to stop them on the way. I mean, the AFC, at the beginning of this season, we were talking about how they look so much stronger than the NFC. But now with the, a lot of big teams dropping out because of you know quarterback losses, I think for the Ravens, their path is looking very clear. Right, the, the, the Ravens not only have the ability, but they have all the tools needed. They have a good amount of health on their team to make a, a big Super Bowl run. So for the Ravens, I, I'm going to keep an eye on them. And, and for the viewers out there, you should too. They're a team to watch. This might just be their year.
0: What if, and I'm not wishing this upon him, I'm just saying this because uh, a lot of quarterbacks have been injured this year. What if Lamar goes down? Do you think Tyler Huntley can take them to a Super Bowl?
1: No, no. Uh, I mean, we, we, we've seen this time and time again uh, through the Bengals, the Jets, and so many other teams this season. It's very hard to run with a backup quarterback. Um, and it, it's also very hard for the quarterback to be consistent over, you know, the, the, the remainder of a season. Uh, the difference between a starter and a backup in the NFL, well, Lamar Jackson, right, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, you know, through these three guys we're just looking at who, who got injured or who, I guess, Lamar Jackson hasn't gotten injured yet. Hopefully he doesn't. But, you know, a guy like that, he knows how to start a season. He knows how to make it through an NFL season. They know how to make it through a playoff uh, run. Uh, these, these younger guys, these rookies, these backups who are filling into their shoes, well, their bodies just aren't ready. They're mentally, they're not able to go through the tough weeks that are in an NFL schedule, right? Especially for a lot of these younger guys. Uh, their longest stretches of playing games have been in college, where it's not it was half the length, half the season length of an NFL season. So that itself, I think, makes a big difference mentally. The toll on the quarterback is a million times higher than the guy like Tyler Huntley has ever dealt with. So if Lamar Jackson goes down today, right, and next game Tyler Huntley is playing, imagine the amount of stress and pressure on him. Where the team that's now nine and three that has Super Bowl chances. That probably is, I'd say, the second, maybe third, at least third best team in the AFC. I think just because of the mental pressure and the physical pressure on his body, I will be very surprised if he can consistently perform at a good starting level for more than two or three games.
0: So something I'll say that the Ravens did very well is getting a backup quarterback who plays similar to their starter, which it always helps with scheme. And Tyler Huntley has been in the league for a while. I think he was a 2020 rookie, late-round pick. Um, He has played in playoff games before. He played against the Bengals. Now, he had the fumble in the jungle on the goal line where Sam Hubbard picked it up and ran it the other direction. But, I mean, is – do you really think, though, that Tyler Huntley – even with this defense, we couldn't have a Brown situation where the Browns or the Ravens defense could carry them to a playoff win.
1: I just don't think so. I mean, look at the other teams they'll be competing with, right? Look at the other big AFC teams that they have good offenses, right? So you, you need both sides of the ball to work in the playoffs in the regular season. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of wins, right? If Lamar Jackson goes down, I think the Ravens will almost definitely make the playoffs. I don't see any issue Uh, you know, with that, right? They will win enough games in the rest of their schedule to make the playoffs. But when you're talking about making a run in the playoffs, well, every team there has at least a a decent defense and offense, right? Maybe the wild card, you might get a lucky matchup. uh, But at some point, you're going to have to go up against a juggernaut team. And to make a Super Bowl run, I I just can't see a team without Lamar Jackson on the Ravens making it beyond one round. Um, I, I could see... A, a Lamar Jacksonless Ravens making it past the wild card round, but it would be very tough to see them make it past there.
0: Okay. And Lamar Jackson is a dog, by the way. Before any of the comments say that I'm saying Lamar is bad. No, not saying that. I just think I have a lot of respect for Tyler Huntley. That's, that's more so my point. I think he is one of the better – Backups, when compared to his starter in terms of the way they play. And that was part of the problem the Bengals had with Joe Burrow going down. Jake Browning plays nothing like Joe Burrow. And Bengals fans are, like, shocked when the offense didn't run the same way. And it's like, well, when you go from a top-two quarterback in the NFL to a guy getting his first NFL start, it tends to happen. But uh, I think Tyler Huntley is one of the better backups in the NFL Um, and so that's why I had those questions next game. This was a game that me and you, when we were going over our picks for Sunday on Friday night or Saturday, whenever that was, we, we both kind of were like, this is going to be a close game. And we went back and forth. I went back and forth as who to pick. I think you ended up picking the Eagles who ended up winning. I took the bills just to be different. I ended up being wrong, but I was wrong in overtime. So I am okay with being wrong in overtime. What a game. This was probably one of the better games of the season. Um, Jake Elliott, former Bengals legend, Jake Elliott. We cut Jake Elliott to keep Randy Bullock on the team. (laughs) And now Jake Elliott is in uh, Philadelphia, cutting or uh, kicking. 59-yard field goals in the rain. What a guy. I mean, this this game had everything. It had passing. It had running. I was excited. Uh, A.J. Brown somehow didn't have a great game in this, but they still won. So, uh, Stan, what, what did you see during this game that you liked?
1: I mean, I think there's there's more I didn't like. Uh, oh, really? it, it was It was a great game, but there's a lot of issues on both sides of the ball on offense. And I think – what you saw is a lot of silly mistakes, right? A lot of uh, overthrows by both quarterbacks, right? Just not not the best ball placement, and these are two elite quarterbacks. Now, yeah, as you mentioned, the weather was not great, and that definitely had uh, some amount of impact on you know a, a rougher game for the quarterbacks. But for these offenses, both of them are Super Bowl contenders, right? The Bills are kind of always in that discussion, even though I don't think they, they really are as much this year as any of the last three, four years. But the Eagles, you know, they came from the Super Bowl. They're, they're going to try to make a run, and I think uh, they, they might just be successful at that. But when you're looking at these teams, their offenses just are, are should a lot of struggle. Now, that being said, this was a big challenge for those offenses. Both teams had very good defenses. Uh, but I think for both for both quarterbacks, now you have a week before your next game to really consider, well, how do I get my my game to be a little more polished, right? How can our offense run a little bit more smoothly? Um, and I think for the defenses on both sides, you're leaving this, even though it, there was a lot of scoring in the game, you're leaving this with a big, wide grin on your face. Because for most of the game, up until the end of the game, it really wasn't a high-scoring game, right? It was the last, what, uh Overtime and I think the last quarter where a lot of those points were scored. Um you, you had the defense do a very good job of slowing down these teams.
0: Yeah, and I mean both of these defenses have had significant injuries as well. So they've been kind of trying to figure it out. Eagles have done a much better job than the Bills of figuring it out. Uh Eagles also though have had random offensive line issues, usually. On off- their offensive line, that's, like, the one thing where you're, like, they're going to be great. They're all Hall of Famers. Put them all in now. Last week, they allow five sacks. This week, <laughs> Jason Kelsey has, like, two penalties in a row. You never see that from Jason Kelsey. They're both false start penalties. And they almost kicked him out of field goal range. But Jake Elliott had a had a freaking leg and was ready to go. Um I just, Jalen Hurts had a good, he had a great game, but um, yardage-wise, he only had 200 yards. He had three touchdowns and an interception, though, which I think uh, boosts him up a little bit, those three touchdowns. Uh, Compare that to Josh Allen, 56.9 completion rate, 339 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Someone said if there's a lock for a bet, it is that, Josh Allen will throw an interception. There's only been one game this season where he has not, or two games this season where he has not thrown an interception. That was against the Raiders on September 17th and the Dolphins on October 1st. Those are the only two games he has not thrown an interception. Um, Josh Allen, you got to polish those up if you're going to make a playoff run because in the playoffs, those will be the thing that break you. He's also 0-6 and six in overtime games now. Of course, we've got that one against the Chiefs that caused a huge debacle. But the other five, you could have iced it yesterday. You had the ball first. Um, so, with all that being said, Stan, do we think the Bills make the playoffs?
1: Looking at their upcoming schedule, it's going to be a very, very tough challenge for them. I mean, the Bills – Uh, If there's one word to describe them, I think it's inconsistent this season, right? And that hasn't been their issue the last few seasons. They've been a solid team week in, week out. And even when they've had injuries, they've been able to replace those injuries in a very good way. Um, I I just don't know about the Bills. I mean, they're they're just not looking like the team they used to be. And, you know, they got the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, uh, some really big teams coming up. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull through with it. Um, For me as a Jets fan, that makes me a little bit happier because maybe we could sneak in if, you know, we get a quarterback who knows how to throw the ball. But, you know, for the Bills, I I just don't see them looking confident at this point uh, point in the season. I think it's a possibility, but I don't think uh, I I could sit down here and say the Bills are going to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins kind of surprised some people, I think. I don't think... I think people thought the Dolphins were going to be good, but not a lot of people thought they'd be leading the division at this point in the season. So that throws a wrench in that. They're not going to win the division and get in. So they're going to have to fight for a wild card spot. And you have teams like the Colts and the Texans that are vying for that wild card spot. And they're they're competing well. The Colts won yesterday. The Tex, yeah, the Colts won yesterday, Stan. You doubted them. You doubted the horseshoe. Um, Texans have been playing well, and I – I agree with you. I think the Bills are going to have an uphill battle. Chiefs, that's going to be a hard game. Cowboys, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think they beat the Chargers and the Patriots. Then that Dolphins game could really come down. That could be it. That could be the deciding factor. If there's a tiebreaker needed, it'll go to the division record. And Miami Dolphins, if they hold that, they'll go in. So we'll see what happens. I really like Josh Allen and the Bills. I don't think this will be their year, though. This has been a really weird season for the playoffs. If you look at the teams that people expected to be in the playoffs and the teams that are currently in the playoffs, there's very few crossover. I mean, the Chiefs might even mess around and fall out of the number one spot in the West. With the way the Broncos have heated up and the Chiefs have struggled with drops, of course you got Patrick Mahomes, so they're going to make the playoffs anyway, but I don't know. That AFC West number one spot, Russ might be cooking something up to come for it. I don't know. We still got a lot of football to be played. Not the, It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, I think. What is the craziest thing in the world is, once again, back in the AFC East, the Pats quarterback situation. What are they doing, Stan? What are they doing up there in New England, in Connecticut, You're pl- the place you love? Why? Why is this going on? Um, I mean, you got Mac Jones right all week. It, there was like this mystery surrounding the quarterback. It, media would ask, "Who are who are you starting on Sunday?" And Bill said, "I've told everyone to be ready." Well, he sends Mac Jones back out there after benching him, uh, and he throws like three interceptions or something, and has a fumble, has a terrible game. I don't let me get Mac's stats up here first. He was getting he was getting outperformed by Tommy DeVito. Who is an undrafted free agent rookie? Mac Jones had 89 yards and two interceptions, and I think he had a fumble on top of that. What you send in Bailey Zappi. Okay, now you're just doing this weird, like crisscross thing. They waved Will Greer at some point. Your quarterback's confidence is shot. All of them. None of them know if you're confident in them. You're just pl- trying to plug and place people in a desperate attempt to win. I mean, what do, you, what do you think about this situation?
1: I mean, I think, I think as you said, the, the confidence is a big part of it. I, I think also, I mean, I, I think Belichick just hates all of his quarterbacks. <laughs> he hates every quarterback ever besides Tom Brady. And maybe, maybe Tom Brady is a part of that. Maybe after, you know, having the best quarterback in the history of the NFL for so many years, um, it's not as easy to play with a, a normal quarterback. It's not as easy, easy to game plan when you have a normal man on the field. So there's there's definitely a lot of questions about Bill Belichick his ability to, to lead a team to get an offense started but with Mac Jones and Zappia, I I don't think I could say who's better than the other um quite frankly neither of them are really looking like NFL quarterbacks right now and especially against the Giants a three interception game against the Giants I mean that is just that takes the cake I mean I I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, quite frankly. If you started the Giants' defense in fantasy, you you, you probably got what uh, at, at least maybe 15, 17 points. You've got so,
0: quite a bit because they only allowed ten, or the yeah, they only allowed seven points.
1: Seven points. So, I mean, look at that. You know, it's it's the the Patriots are just not looking good as a team. And, and I think what I was talking about. So uh, this with some friends uh, who are Patriots fans uh, yesterday, and uh, one thing we discussed is. Uh, it's not that the Patriots haven't had good pieces, right? Maybe, yeah, their wide receiver rooms hasn't been the best, but they've had good tight ends the last few years. They've had good running backs. So what's going on that Mac Jones is looking so much worse than he did last year, uh, so much worse than he did earlier in his career, um, and this entire offense seems to be crumbling, even as they're gaining new pieces?
0: Yeah, Mac Jones was a guy who <coughs> I I wasn't super high on coming out of the draft. I didn't think he was going to be – The next Tom Brady, like people wanted him to be. And I thought he could be a starter, but he'd be more of a game manager. He wasn't going to be someone who goes out there and wins you games, but he wasn't going to be the reason you lost. Now it's starting to seem like he's the reason you're going to lose games. And I think part of that is because whenever he starts playing poorly, Bill doesn't support him. Bill benches him and puts in his backup. And then – he expects Mac to turn around the next week and go back out there and play differently for some reason. Like, are you even coaching him at this point? Are you, or are you just hoping he magically figures it out? Um, There's also been rumors and talk that the Patriots are going to go after a quarterback in this draft, which even further knocks your confidence as a starting quarterback in the NFL when, Everyone's talking about how bad you are. Your co- your coach is benching you. Mac Jones, I, I kind of feel for the guy because, I mean, what do you do at this point? He hasn't been playing well, and he knows that. I mean, these players know when they don't do well. But now everyone's saying that he sucks bad enough to that the first-round pick the Patriots are going to make is going to be a quarterback when they could go for a lot of other pieces. So do you think the Patriots trade back Jones? And if so, what team is interested in him?
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a little hard to answer which team is interested in him. I, I think he can succeed, though, with a lot of teams out there, right? I mean, one, he had some really good – his glimmers early in his career, they were very good. He looked very good as a quarterback. Um, and, and I think a lot of the issues this year are probably very mental um, due to, again, having a coach who hates you. So I think a lot of teams are going to take that risk. I kind of think back to the Jets-Sam Darnold trade where you found a team that was that really wanted a quarterback, thought they could make it work, and it didn't work out in the end for them. Uh, but both teams, they, they got somewhere in a better direction because of that trade. Um, in regards to which specific team, it's a little hard to say. Uh, Mac Jones, because of how bad this year has been, um, His stock is definitely not as high as I think Sam, like I think Sam Darnold had a higher stock when he was uh, getting traded. Um, but it, it's a little hard to say whether, uh, you know, Mac Jones is going to be able to make it work out with the Patriots. I think that's, that's, that ship has sailed, but there's, there's, there's 31 other teams in the NFL. I'm sure he'll find a home somewhere.
0: Yeah. And just to give some context to this, I, I'm, Not sure people realize overall how bad Mac Jones has been this year. He has 10 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So not great. And that is – he also has the worst quarterback rating of his career so far. Uh, Last year he had an – he has progressively gotten worse as his career has gone on. He had finished with 3,801 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions – 92.5 rating his rookie year then in 2022 2,997 yards 14 touchdowns 11 interceptions 84.8 rating now this year he has 2,120 yards 10 touchdowns 12 interceptions and a 77 rating so he has been trending backwards for his entire career so part of that would be on Belichick I think or whoever is in charge of developing the quarterback. You had a guy who Nick Saban had created who was winning games in college. He was able to win games in New England. New England fans were very excited about Mac Jones when he got there. Very excited. And now you have the all these question marks surrounding him. How did he get this bad? I think is what Patriots fans are asking at this point. And uh, I think that conversation is going to be had in the offseason. Do we move on from Mac Jones? Do we draft Drake May? Or if Caleb Williams falls, which there's talk that Caleb Williams is going to fall, do you draft Caleb Williams? J.J. McCarthy looked great at at Michigan. Draft another Michigan quarterback. It worked out great the first time you did it. So maybe you go and do that. Um,
1: Well, What? If there's mm-hmm. one person I think they're going to move on from, it's going to be Belichick. I think at this point, you know, the end of his career at New England has come. Um, for, and, and this Mac Jones situation makes it much worse because Belichick was believed to be the guy who made Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at him with Cam Newton after who, who yeah – not not the best version of Cam Newton, but still a, a decent quarterback, followed by Matt Jones, who has a really good rookie year. Uh, I think he's probably the best rookie quarterback from that class. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked bad that year, right? So you have all of these pieces, um, and you see all of this failure with the quarterback room. I think this is a big blemish to Bellatrix's record, and I think it's only going to lead to him moving to a different team this offseason.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned that he or the Belichick you think they're going to be moved on sorry I was gonna I was looking up who the 2021 rookie of the year was it's Micah Parsons but um you mentioned Belichick what is going to be moved on from now that's a huge move like as a franchise for Robert Kraft to say that but also this is their worst record since 19 I believe 93 Kraft bought the team in 1994 so this is the worst record the Patriots have had in the New England er- – in the Kraft era. Obviously, you had Drew Bledsoe, who was great until he was injured. Then you had Tom Brady, who we all know that story. This is the first time in Robert Kraft's tenure of owning the team they've been in this situation. I'm very interested to see how Kraft handles it because Bill Belichick has been with the team forever. When you think New England Patriots, there are two people you think of. You think Tom Brady first, Bill Belichick second. Brady's gone. That's over. So now you're moving on from that other piece. And I think everyone thought that Belichick was going to be there until he wanted to retire. So if he's gone, does another team grab him as their head coach?
1: Oh, I think there's about 20 other teams that are going to take that risk, right? And uh, even though, yeah, this this is a big blemish to his record, I think the reason New England moves on from uh, Belichick is because they still have so many big pieces, and they still have a lot of players who can help them contend. So I think that's why New England needs to move on, because you lose that window of playoff contention very quickly. And as you look at the Panthers, look at the Jets, look at the bad teams in the NFL, it's very easy to get stuck there for the Jets for, like, what, 10 years? In that non-playoff area, so I, I think the Patriots they have to move, so it's not too late when they finally do move. Because I think they will move eventually. Um, in regards to who's going to pick him up, I mean, if you're if you're a team like the Panthers, if you're a team that you know hasn't really had anything going well in coaching recently. I think you take that risk. I think there's many teams in the NFL that take that risk because Bill Belichick is a big name. I also would not be totally surprised if Belichick just decided to retire. I mean, he I don't think he looks like he's going to retire. Um, he hasn't sounded like he wants to retire. But if you do move away from the team you've been with for that long, like New England, that is your home now. You know, your, your family, your friends, everyone is there. So to move on from New England, it's going to be a tough, tough transition for Belichick. Especially because most of the league hates him. All right. At least fan, fandom wise. <laughs> fandom wise, he's the most hated coach in the NFL. So uh I I would not be surprised if he retired.
0: <laughs> that was so random. Um but I guess my concern would be if so if the Patriots move on from him, the argument that we're essentially building here is the Patriots would move on from him because he cannot develop a quarterback. Why would another team with a rookie or a young quarterback like Bryce Young, we talked Frank Reich is out now, um, or Justin Herbert if Brandon Staley gets fired. We have these young quarterbacks. Why would they bring in Bill Belichick if the main problem with him is he can't develop a quarterback?
1: Well, the argument would be that they don't see it that way. I think there's plenty of teams that are not going to make that, uh, you know, So us saying that Belichick cannot develop a quarterback is pretty much we have to base this off is Mac Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And Cam Newton was developed. So just more, can he make a a quarterback besides Tom Brady work? Um, I think there are teams that look at maybe Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G, a backup quarterback who had his best years as a backup when he stepped up in New England. Um, And I think teams might look at situations like that and say, you know what, he was able to make Jimmy G look very good, and then Jimmy G got his big paydays down the road and didn't really turn out as well, but maybe there's something with Belichick there. I think teams will take that risk because Belichick is probably the biggest name in coaching, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even Andy Reid does not have the name recognition that uh, Bill Belichick has, so... I think, I think it's a risk a lot of teams are willing to take if you don't have the coach right now. Um, another thing is it, it's a little bit harder, I, I think, right looking at this next season uh, to, to find good head coaches uh, you know, who are going to be promoted to those positions. Because look at all of the teams that are moving on or like this close to moving on from their head coach. That's a lot of NFL teams that don't have stability in the head coach room. I think it's going to be a premium on, on head coaches this year. You have to pay a lot more and you have to you know, bargain a lot more to get the right head coach in the building. So I think if Belichick, if the Patriots are moving off from him this season, I think he's not going to have any trouble finding a home because of how many teams are going to be looking for, for guys in their front office.
0: Uh, this this will be an interesting offseason if they do decide to move on. This will be comparable to the Aaron Rodgers situation, I think, where we didn't know where he was going to go. Um, thought he was going to the Broncos, and he was like, psych, not going to the Broncos. He's going over to New York, gets hurt. I think Bill Belichick is going to be something where, if it's like you're talking about, all these teams are going to be interested. It'll be, okay, what does Bill want to work with? Where does he want to go? And We'll find out randomly. Maybe he'll go on the Pat McAfee show and announce it like Aaron Rodgers did. But, uh, a quick, well,
1: yeah, a quick, a quick note on that. Consider the situation with Sean Payton, right? I mean, they traded for a head coach, right? Um, and Sean Payton, I think, is like the top ten most paid uh, personnel in the NFL, uh, most than uh, more than most teams' quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. So he's paid very, very well um, as a head coach. Belichick's pedigree. I I would argue, is better than Payton's. Oh, for sure, Um, for sure. So, even though Payton has had success with with, uh, his team, and now he's finally making it work with his new team, um, I think Belichick, if you look at what the market was for Sean Payton, Belichick definitely goes way above that. So, I mean, Belichick might be the number one most paid personnel when all this is over. We'll have to wait and see.
0: And people are going to say – This is going to come up inevitably at some point. They're going to say, well, Belichick, he's tainted because of Spygate and Deflategate. So was Sean Payton. Sean Payton got suspended for Bounty Gate, which is arguably worse than Spygate or Deflategate because he was allegedly, I don't know if they ever proved this, so I'm going to say allegedly, trying to get players to injure other players. That is way worse than deflating footballs allegedly or spying on other teams allegedly. So, if Sean Payton still has a job because of – through his stuff, I think Bill – I don't think that'll be the thing that holds Bill back from getting a job.
1: Also, Bill has way more Super Bowls than Payton. Oh, right. For sure. That's That's the difference maker, right? Uh, teams want to win a Super Bowl. That's all every NFL team wants. So, um, that makes a big difference for Belichick as well.
0: Yes. So – We'll see what happens in New England, but moving on from there, we have Monday night football and NFC North showdown between the Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears and the Pastronaut Josh Dobbs, leading the Minnesota Vikings as they continue their, uh, dare I say, miraculous playoff run. I mean, Justin Jefferson's been out. Doesn't look like he'll play today. A lot of people said as soon as Kirk Cousins went down, well, there goes all hope, but Josh Dobbs came in, didn't know the play call, didn't know his teammates' names, and he still won the game. Now he knows his teammates' names, and he knows the play call. Uh, so, Stan, what are you looking for in tonight's game?
1: Um, it's going to be a boring game, in my opinion. Um, if you're a Vikings fan, it's going to be boring in a great way. If you're a Bears fan, um, well, nothing's really changing for you if you're a Bears fan, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty big game for the Vikings. Uh, the I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say I predict a 30-point victory.
0: Wow, 30-point victory. That that says a lot if the Vikings can beat them by 30 points with their backup quarterback and uh, the Bears have their starter in now. And you can say, well, Justin Fields is going to be traded in the offseason, so they're just kind of tanking right now. But if that's true, Justin Fields is going to want to – He's basically basically having a mini combine right now where he's showing the other teams what he can do. Um, Same thing with a lot of these guys who may be on contract years. This is why I don't think tanking is real. These guys are going to want to show off. They're going to want to get paid. They want to get traded to other teams. So they've got to prove that they can bring something to those other teams. That being said, Justin Fields has not looked great. And that part of that's on coaching. Um, he's had glimmers of hope, though. The Vikings' defense has looked great. I think Harrison Smith is a Hall of Famer. I maintain that position. I made a video about it, and I'm sticking with it. I don't know that it'll be a 30-point victory, but, yeah, I think this is a Minnesota Vikings victory, and the Minnesota Vikings are only going to get better when Justin Jefferson gets back.
1: Well, unless I'm missing a game, I think the best Bears game I remember from this year was against uh, Washington, right? Um, and that was their biggest win. Washington does not have nearly the amount of strength in their secondary uh, as the Vikings have, I think that is the game changer because D.J. Moore, like he went off that game, but he went off against not a very good room of cornerbacks and safeties. So when you go when you look at the Vikings, you have some good skill, as you mentioned Smith. You know that's the big guy on that defense. You have a lot of skilled guys in that secondary. I don't think Fields is going to be able to get the ball off as much. Now t- take take that an, a step further. He's going to be running a lot because what you have as well in, uh, with the Vikings, you have a really good pass rush. They are going to keep. Justin Fields on his toes, especially because he doesn't have a great O-line uh, to help him out there. So, I think there's so many factors here, um, especially the Vikings. Josh Dobbs, I think, uh, you know, he's 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 looked so good, uh, co- considering what I expected from him going into, uh, you know, this stint with the Vikings. Um, and against the Bears defense, he's going to get a lot done.
0: Yeah, I mean, Daniil Hunter, he, for the Vikings, a lot of, he's like Trey Hendrickson. He has... Amazing games, sacks wise, but no one talks about him outside of their fan bases. And so I think Daniel Hunter is gonna be a problem for Justin Fields. I think Bears fans have to ask though, what really changed from Justin Fields to Tyson Badgett? Now you can say, Yes, okay, Justin Fields is more mobile. He might be a bit more accurate, but I really don't think there was a big difference in the quarterback play when Tyson Badgett left. I mean, they won games with Tyson Badgett. And Tyson Badgett um, was an undrafted D2 rookie. Like, everything that could be bad about a starting quarterback, Tyson Badgett was that. And they still won games with him. Justin Fields they've struggled with. And I think part of that is Matt Eberflus, for whatever reason, doesn't let Justin use his legs as often as he probably should. So um, we'll see if Justin gets traded. Another 2021 quarterback who could be getting traded. Uh, maybe he goes to like the Falcons. That could be a team that uses him. I think that would be a good fit for him. Um, of course, Arthur Smith might just randomly decide to use him only half the games because I he did it again this week. If you if you've been a long term fan of the show, you know Arthur Smith bothers me so much because he has so much talent and only uses, like, one player a game. This week, it was uh, Bijan and a little bit of Drake London. Kyle Pitts was underwater, drowning, dead. But I think if Justin Fields gets there, you're like, okay, we, we have a dynamic offense now. No excuses. We're using everyone. But maybe not. Who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see tonight's game if Justin Fields has success, any any success, against the Vikings' defense. Um. I'm excited to see Josh Dobbs. He's just fun TV now at this point. Um That's all that's all I've really got for that game though. Sorry, Arthur Smith. Not really. Also, Jesse Bates, pick six, two six oh, Fort Wayne boys, do it different. <laughs> Ninety yard pick six. <laughs> so, uh that is going to be the end of today's show. I've got to pull the little my spiel up i've got to pull my spiel up um thank you for listening to today's show if you enjoyed please remember to like comment and subscribe we can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on youtube at no butts show our social media pages are no buts underscore show on instagram and no butts show on tiktok my twitter is josh underscore butts underscore 2001 and if you'd like to reach us you can email us at Moose podcast 2 that's the number 2 at gmail.com Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. And until next time, go do something nice for someone.